You are listening to the Massive Report podcast. Welcome to the Massive Report podcast, kids. We're going to talk about a young man who uh, will teach you about the, the lesson of perseverance tonight. <laughs> As we celebrate not the return of young Matan, but the emergence of young Matan. And we'll get to that here in a second. A lot to go over here on the Mass Report podcast tonight. Like and subscribe if you would. And of course, uh, you need to hang out here at Salsa Brewers, the third in Michigan. In Harrison West, the beer is delicious. And I, forgive me, I forgot the name of what I ordered, but I love it. It has seven point something percent. There you go. Can't go wrong there, Bart. Oh, that's nice, in your Brian. That's in your honor. That's oh, a, no, you, I that's... picked a score that, that you would pick. <laughs> Bart has the biggest beer I've ever seen. Yeah, what here. is that? It, this is the Hefe. It's uh, I think that would it, make sense. It's just uh, yes, the, the El Hefe. <laughs> right, where are you firing into over there? We have a uh, the Noche Tropical, uh-huh. uh, is a double dry hop something or other. Mm-hmm. I don't, I know nothing about much like goalkeeping. I know nothing about beer, so right. what, well, what I, they can literally lie to me. And I would accept I mean, what else do you need to know? <laughs> Brett's here, Bart's here, Bert's here. Sam, who didn't set himself up a microphone tonight, but what if we need to talk to you, Sam? You then can just take it from time. I mean, All right, fine. I think just out of principle, it should probably be how it is. Well, we talked about, uh, as we always do before the podcast, the Massport podcast, what we're going to talk about, and I was a little stunned, but then Bart sat down and it all made sense. Before we talk about the game, we're supposed to talk about tailgating. Well, so It's uh, back. Enough. It's back. Gotta, it's folks. back. Uh, after an absence, what's the setup? Uh, it's it's a really nice setup. So, it, um, and I guess the, the, the game to game so far, we'll see. Uh, I know that there's still you know a bit of uncertainty for it, but at least for this home opener, um, uh, they set up back in that north lot. So that's the one directly behind the Nordeca. There's a, a section. Um, uh, uh, fenced off with about maybe I think thirty spots or so, um, but it, it, you know it felt it felt like the old days. You you were within walking distance, although closer than you ever were yeah. for the old tailgates. Um, but gravel, <laughs> uh, just the way we like it. Yeah. Um, and and it was huge puddles that man eating puddles. Not, not this time. Okay. I mean, it, it was. It did seem a little bit odd for a cruise miss and it. You know, the weather ended up being pretty nice. Yeah, there was right. no rain or anything like that. I'm sure the puddles will come at some point, but it, it was a great setup. They had a nice, uh, the really nice feature that they had before was a, a, a salute to Randy Sims, um, a, a crew super fan um, who passed away uh, during uh, the off season. Uh, uh, got everybody together um, with some uh, cheap scotch and uh, saluted it to the big guy. I'm um, looking back down on us. So it was fun. It, it was great to see everybody there. Good, good showing, and and you hope that's one of those things that again that they can continue to grow a little bit because it it, it is a great part of the culture. It's a great part to kind of catch people, and and you might be attending, you know, just for the first time, but then you kind of get sucked up into that that mega tailgate atmosphere, and it's a, a way that I've seen a lot of people, you know, get converted into you know lifelong fans and season ticket holders. So I'm hopeful for more. Yeah, you have to have. Well, yeah, I, I was interested when they moved to this stadium, and there's been a number of attempts to have mm-hmm. a tailgate, how this would all work, because it was such a big part of what people did at Historic Crew Stadium, whatever we want to call it there. Um, I, I I was of the thought that, you know, people would just have to adjust, that you'd you know, be the bar scene, which I think it was for more or less the last two years, but it's good to see the team work with, uh, the, you know, the fans to be able to, have something like that, even if it means 
the media has less parking spots and they force some of those people down the front street. Uh, I was not oh, no. covering the game, so it didn't matter for me. Sam, you parked in the north lot, right? You were good? Sam was fine. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think, I, I mean, you have that space. There's enough space there to do it, even if some games maybe you have to condense it a little bit. There's more, Make it more bigger, parking. condense the rest sure, of the whatever, parking. Whatever you got to do. Not the tailgates. Uh, really charged a park. It was twenty bucks. The thing is, there weren't not there were very few uh, like thirteen um, spaces available because of ones that are kind of already committed for Nordeca for for some of the um, Nordec sponsors, uh, folks like um, uh, Cuts for Heroes, I think, or Hero Cuts, uh, which is the uh, veterans haircutting business, of course, Supporter Supply Co. Okay. So a very limited amount of spots. But if you park somewhere else, you can bring all your goodies in um, um, yourselves. I, I was lucky enough to get on the Nordec website early enough to, to get a spot and set up a tent, but um, that is one. There, there's definitely the desire. Um, a lot of people saying, you know, wish we could be in there. They'd love to, and $20 is, is not a bad price at all for, for as close as you are there to the stadium. Um, and to be able to get there, you know, get there a little bit after two myself. Some people were already there, you know, by noon um, <laughs> setting up. Uh, I'm not there anymore, but uh, it, it, it was a very good setup, I think, for the first time, there's hopefully some you know kinks that can get worked out and sure. grow it. Well, and, and just to expand on the pregame, they started with the walk of the players mm-hmm. when they enter the stadium now, which I think is nothing new for for especially soccer, but a nice little tradition for people that want to, you know, especially people that you know want to go slap hands with the mm-hmm. players. I from the pictures I saw in the video that that Sam and one of our other guys did. Looked like there were a good amount of little kids there and, and things like that. Um, I thought really the whole setup pregame, even in the stadium, um, you know, they had the wall that they're going to have someone run through, which is gimmicky, but you know, got people excited. So uh, I didn't catch, not that this is pregame, but I didn't catch the goal song. I must have just been too loud in the Nordic to hear that. But uh, I thought all in all it was, you know, a well done display by by everyone involved and he had a sellout for the first yeah. time in a season opener since 99 wow which is probably a more of an indictment on the crew than anything but good to get that out of the way i guess yeah. so uh it was it was an awesome night outside of just what happened on the field great atmosphere bart thank you you're i consider you the sherpa of <laughs> tailgating and you're on it all right well, I, I may have to show up at your... Oh, absolutely. All right. Look for I'm the juicy go, G flag. Just wait, just wait for the weather to get a little warmer. It, it, it was great. I mean, it was it was a you know classic uh, layers game yeah, yeah. where uh, you grow them and add them on throughout it. But yeah. I, it, was, it was, cannot be complained about it for Christmas weather. Well, I, I had my first experience with Apple TV. And maybe we'll talk about that, although we've kind of beaten that into the ground. So maybe we won't. we got more important things to talk about, Brett. Uh... On a scale of 1 to 10, am I at 9 too excited about Young Matan? I'm not here to yuck anybody's yums, so to speak. <laughs> so I'm I just sp- want a dose of reality because gonna- I have a, a tendency to get too enthused. Here's, here's what I'll say. I think the, the excitement for, him, for what we've talked about in terms of what he can do when he comes inside, when he when he tucks inside, that, that pocket winger is a, is a term that you sometimes hear thrown out. When that dude plays centrally and he's at speed and he's and he's playing fast and it's quick turns and it's one-twos, yeah, like, sign me up, right? Um, he, I thought he took care of the ball a, a little bit better. Um, 
and 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 some of the, um, the, the some of the way the, the the kind of the core principles of the formation in terms of the wing backs and having essentially one wing back a little bit closer higher up the field to him actually aids uh, him in the terms of the, the the somewhat consistent turnovers that we've seen from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think about it in terms of like a back four, right, that left back mm-hmm. or right back, depending on which side of the field he's on, would be a little bit more further deeper behind him. As a wing back, they're going to be pushed up the field just a hair more. That proximity does him actually a lot of good, gives him an extra person to combine with. And you saw the direct result of that on the second goal in terms of what it, it offers him in those quick transition moments to be able to have two uh, two running options in front of him and uh, the old adage of a bending run straight ball straight ball bending run he had both of those i'm not sure which one he was attempting to pick out either mo or lucas it happened to go to lucas lucas made it go to lucas we'll take it that's fine uh and uh, the ole by the dc goalkeeper uh we'll, we'll take that uh as well uh, but yeah, you should be excited because that's exactly uh, the 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 Matan, the the dangerous dynamic in the attacking third uh, Matan that you want to see, and he and he showed up in a really big way. I thought, and I wrote about this today. You probably get a little more detail, and they figured out how to take screen grabs of the Apple TV thing, so I got a picture Ooh, in there of the Matan pass. But anyway, uh, the movement of the front three was yes. very interesting to watch in person. And I could, you could see it some on TV the the first game, but it was very clear early on. Kucho was playing on the left, and they were just vacating. They were playing without a striker, and mm-hmm. Lucas would pop in there when needed. But it was and, – and, and it must have been a tactical decision because it was very noticeable. And then that's where the first goal comes from, is Kucho playing essentially as a left winger, which he does for Colombia. He did for Watford. And – so you, you pull out a defender or you leave two center backs in there with no one really to mark and it, it's a difficult thing to handle you had Lucas dropping deep then Lucas almost playing as a number 9 at times on the Matan goal or the Matan pass Cucho is dropped in almost as a number 10 and, yeah. and Lucas makes that run, diagonal run but and then all of a sudden Cucho started popping up on the right and then he had that diving header attempt We are back at the Mass Support Podcast, where it's kind of ironic that Bart did not go to the bar. You're I good. Mean, you mentioned I did have a, it was a large, sizable glass. They're, they're all that's a fun thing about Saucy Brew Works. You've got just a, a variety of glasses, variety of beers, and mine did seem fairly sizable. So I'm nursing it and should be able to get through the whole episode. It's like a cartoonishly huge wine glass that you know. Oh wine, yeah, yeah. Wine, women, drink. Contessa would be just this guy. <laughs> like real housewives, yeah. sized wine goblets or something. Mm-hmm. Tankards. Well, you keep working yeah. on that. That's good. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, the uh, electric lettuce so much that I went back and got more electric lettuce. The electric lettuce. Speaking I, of is electric... Is that legalized just for, for medicinal purposes or also just for Only here at Sa- in the <laughs> friendly confines of Saucy Brewers. Speaking of electric lettuce, that is a very colorful uh, crew uh, sweat top there, uh, Murph. Where, where'd you get that? Dick's. 
online. And is I that was, like a limited edition? Last year for one of it's the It's like a Grateful right? Dead album I cover. I was encouraged okay. by, what do we call him, friend of the podcast? Former podcast? Podcast emeritus. Yeah, uh, Patrick Goldan, who also bought this and wore it to the Crew 2 semifinal last year. And he sent me a message over the off season and was like, these are on sale. They were half off. And uh, they only had mediums. And he was like, I think you probably fit in the medium. And it was like 28 bucks or something. It's like my my late great-grandmother's flower garden. It's the only thing I own with the carabiner logo on it because I was just like... Yeah, I actually saw a guy at the tailgate, speaking of tailgates earlier, who was wearing this shirt, like a t-shirt version of this, and pants. Like, uh, (laughs) they're like soccer pants. They're black, but down the like... Where the Adidas stripe would be is this flowery material that no one can see on the podcast. It'd be a good uh, Mother's Day uniform motif, I would think. It's just got a lot of flowers on it. It's it very colorful. It's very colorful. Find it. All right. Anyway, we digress. That's kind of what I do. And I look to you guys to bring it on home as we look ahead to Toronto. A trip to... Is the, uh, is the trophy still anything at this point? Do, do we care about the uh, Trillium Cup? The Trillium Cup. Thank yes, you. of course, Brian. Is that even still a thing? No one talks about it anymore. It does exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's still... I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I don't know where. Well, they haven't won it in a while. I don't. They won it last year. Did they? Didn't they? I think they won it last year. Um, yeah. I don't know. This is how important it is. is we the don't Trillium Cup, for those that don't know, is for the whoever wins the season series with Toronto, you get the Trillium Cup. I know that at some point Toronto dropped it on the ground or something and broke it, didn't they? That's I didn't right. This. We're, we're I think going sticking dent, with that regardless. Dented, I believe. Yeah. I don't know about right. broken, but yeah, right. it does have a, it did have a sizable dent in it for a while. <laughs> it just know. gives a character. Yeah. Well, this. So Caleb Porter won three trophies then. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the Trillium Cup. So to kind of circle back, people might have forgotten, Brett, that this franchise was. Uh, Something to strive for mm-hmm. in Major League Soccer. What's happened? Give me the overarching. Uh, what what has gone wrong with Toronto, the once proud franchise? The guy who was in charge oh, of it is now in con- uh, charge they, of the Columbus Crew. Okay, but it can't be that simple. <laughs> did win it last year. Two uh, two one wins. Um, you know, I I think. Uh, wow, that's I wasn't prepared for this. Um, <laughs> you know, they they've. They've missed on some uh, big signings. Uh, Carlos Salcedo was hot, flaming garbage, and they paid him. I don't even want to think about how much money they paid him to be hot, flaming garbage for a while. Um, with uh, kind of remains to be seen with the Insigne uh, transfer. He's hurt. I don't it, know. If it we're hasn't been that long, really. I, it was midsummer, right? Yeah, well, it I mean, sounds like he could play. The, I mean, like even last week, it sounded like he got back in training on Thursday. Like. Yeah, and yet I don't think he made the bench. No, yeah, he, um, he and his buddy Bernadeschi went out and played fairly well. And but like that's a weird. We could take this offline. If you're a crew fan and you want to hear some off-the-record stories about that stuff, come find me whenever. Um, but we won't talk about it on the podcast. But anyway, um, the yeah, I don't know. They're really old. Um, Mikey's still going strong in the midfield. At, I think he's a, a year or a month younger than me. Um, so 36 and... 35. I looked it up 30, earlier. Okay, Two so, years younger than Wayne so, Army. Um, <laughs> 
and and like for the most part, still pretty good, uh, which, which is wild. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. I think it, a little bit of the cyclical nature of of MLS. Um, they they caught Josie Fire uh, Josie out the door when he was Josie at his best, which was pissed off and mad at everyone, and and kind of rode that wave. Uh, to, you know, for a long time, but yeah, I don't and know. Giovinco, yeah, I mean, that it, guy it, was really it, good. Too. That guy was that guy was pretty darn dope too, um, and in my mind, still should be in the league. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think it just happens sometimes, right? And um, and what momentum, how momentum can kind of look different year to year, um, relative to who you have in the locker room, you know, year in and year out. Think about this. Those Toronto teams that played Seattle, like they knocked the crew out of the playoffs once in a very tight game. Um, if they don't do that, the crew are probably at least in another MLS Cup final against Seattle, ironically. Uh, I mean, really, I think to Brett's point, the fact that Seattle and Toronto were as consistent as they were over that stretch when they, I don't remember exactly how many times they met, but they were two of the four teams that seem to be at least be in the semifinals every year. Um, you know, that's not easy to do in MLS. I mean, you saw with the crew, not a lot of turnover. You added talent after 2020. You can't get back and they haven't yet. And, you know, so it's not easy to, to repeat or even if you're the losing team, uh, you know, Seattle had to deal with that to some degree last year. So I think uh, it's more a credit to what they were able to do than the norm in MLS. Yeah. I mean, even the, you know, we talk about the, the LA teams and the New York teams and whatnot. Like, it took LAFC a while to finally win one. The Galaxy have been up and down over the last several years since kind of that Beckham Keen team with Donovan. New York Red Bulls have never won one. NYC won one and now can't get back. Like, so, you know, I think that's, that's how MLS is supposed to be, right? That's why there's a salary cap and all these mechanisms. But, you know, it was, it was an impressive Toronto team for the handful of years. Unfortunately, they were in the way of the crew, but you know, they, they were they were entertaining to watch for sure with some of those attacking pieces they have. It's 2023. Toronto has two games in uh, the bag. They lose at the end to the team we just beat, D.C. United, and they drew on Saturday, correct? What, what do we think of their form so far? I, I, I didn't watch the Atlanta game. I did watch them against D.C., and, like, they didn't do anything that crazy. You know, it's not a team that I think is going to scare you right now. Now, if Insignia gets going and whatnot, but, I mean, it's never easy to go there. It's one of the better venues in, in MLS. And, the weather might be terrible. Yeah, Who knows? Those fans are, are always rocking. At least they sure are. Say terrible. <laughs> <laughs> At least my experience up there. Um so, no, I, I mean, I don't expect it to be an easy game, but I also don't think, given where they are you know, here early in the season, um, that they are, un, you know, they, they can be beaten at home, I think, potentially. And, you know, Bob Bradley's been doing this for a long time, right? And, but it's been a long time since he's really unlocked. Been good? Yeah, I mean, like, those LAFC teams were good. He leaves, and Steve Cherundolo out of nowhere wins an MLS Cup. So, like... You know, I, I like Michael Bradley, or I like Bob Bradley. I also like Michael Bradley. But, you know, it's it hasn't materialized really since he came back to MLS. And he had his struggles abroad as well in his, like, six-day stint with Swansea. Mm. <laughs> it was longer than that, wasn't it? It was, but not, not much. Not that much longer, though. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, 
and we're not sure how much we're going to see Mr. Russell Rowe because of the way the, the lineup comes together. But Mo Farsi, especially, you can you have to assume he's going to get the start. Bart, he's going to have this one circled in red sharpie on his oh, calendar. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, J.R.R. getting there just to, you know, again, I still don't think Matan's probably a 90-minute guy. I think he, he's going to get sure. that start there. But I, I think, again, you like... With Mo Farsi and with all these guys, if you're Wilfred Nancy, you know, you really want to see a lot of these established MLS guys, even if they haven't played in the system, you know, you, you've got an idea or you've got a good idea, at least from the baseline of what you're going to be able to get from them. Um, guys like Mo Farsi, you know, they're potentially, you, you want to know if they're the future of this franchise or if you need to, you know, go in the summer among the different things on your shopping list is find that, you know, right-sided player, I, I, I don't want to say winger or, or, or wing. I guess wing back is really you know the the position, um, but but I think he's been strong. I think this will be a great opportunity for him. And again, I would not be surprised to see Jr. getting there just because of the way that um, uh, uh, Nancy seems to you know like to give the young players a chance. And by the time you know Crew will have a nice three goal put cushion at that point, <laughs> oh, so it go. should be fine. Yeah, but, well, and also the way he played against Toronto in Toronto. Yeah, he oh, got the assists. Right? Two assists, yeah, actually, because yeah, he, he's the one who laid it off yeah. to Zawatsky, mm-hmm. who hit the banger with his oh, weak God, foot. Oh, I forgot about that Zawatsky. And we should then, probably start Zawatsky in this game. And, yeah. and then he and then he, he set up Darlington Nagby's yeah. uh, goal with a really great pass through the legs of, of Mavinga. So, um, yeah, I could totally see him getting into the game. Um, and there's no question that he would be up for it, I think, uh, you know, in terms of motivation as well. Absolutely. Well, we'll make our picks here in a moment. But we did acquire a new player, defender, I want to say Gustavo Frank. <laughs> Gustavo Frank. <laughs> but that is, Los not, pollos hermanos. that is not accurate. Gustavo Valencia comes in from Colorado. And I didn't get a lot. We should have Jordan on the pod to just talk oh, about Well, him. I can. Well, okay, continue. Sorry. We'll hold that thought well <laughs> she hasn't been out there very long you guys seem to turn up your nose at this guy what do we know his last two starts both ended with red cards <laughs> that's my kind of guy right. yeah. yeah he has played in other games since then <laughs> both starts red cards so I'm glad you brought that up And so we're going to play a, a, a little bit of a, a massive report exercise here <laughs> When was the last time a, the Columbus crew had a bit of a wild card as a defender? Ready, go. Eric Denton. That's well, probably that's, too far back. That's way too uh, far back. He got a red card in his first game. Yes, he did. Um, Pogatets? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I would go, I would say Gaston could be, yeah, could be a little bit of a... Yeah. A little bit of a, a a wild card at times. I would like to know more about why he was sent off. Was he running his mouth? Were they reckless as cha- reckless challenges? I would hope reckless. So yeah. the the it, it it's a the timing of the, of the trade is kind of fascinating in terms of loan. It's just in case or, or trade. Oh, yeah, so oh, there is an option to buy. The the by the way the the buy on options are laughable. Um, mm-hmm. So the you know hashtag love and respect, but like this is a short term rental. Um, the and then Colorado loses a center back the next day to to a knee injury. Brutal, oh, really? brutal timing that. on that. Oh part. no! Really? Um, okay, was it Lawless? So you'll you Google it. You'll find out. Um, so the um, 
Yeah, you know, he spent some time at FC Cincinnati, played a significant amount of time there. <laughs> well, somebody had to. I don't really have any memory of him um, I don't in terms of those games, which is kind of weird um, a little bit because I, I'm, I'm a bit of a center back apologist at times. Um, but there, there's obviously something in terms of the distribution at the center back role that they, they meaning the, the crew front office and scouting, um, identified as as a plus side uh, and, and then felt it was an opportunity to bring someone like that in. Bart mentioned it a minute ago about, um, you know, Mo Farsi and where does his role kind of, you know, uh, expand, right? Like, I still think the long-term, the long-term right wing back position is Steven Moreira's, right? Like, it's unquestionably his. So are you able to then plug in someone in that right center back role to then play Steve in his proper position that would then bump Mo Farsi over to the left side because that position is vacant at the moment yeah. given Will Sands' injuries. And as someone who has suffered back spasms on occasion, that is not something that comes back like that. So um, I don't know if he's a plug-and-play guy. I think that's a little bit uh, remains to be seen. He should be fairly match fit. Um given, you know, Colorado's um, preseason and kind of how, where all the craziness that they did. So I think we'll actually probably see him fairly, fairly soon um, uh, in a crew uniform. And I think that actually maybe at the very least frees up Steve to play in a more natural position. Well, and at the very least, it gives you another body back there. And then they're short on that, um, especially as, as I've said, Josh Williams has reminded me on more than one occasion when I've seen him, he's old uh, now. Not as old as Wayne Rooney, but he tells you that old for a soccer player. Yes, every time I've talked to Josh during preseason, I'm like, why aren't you out there? I'm old, man. I'm old. Uh, but I love him. He, he's so, interviewing players on Apple TV now. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's he's the crew's uh, Phil Jones, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, I mean, ho- I, obviously, you hope Josh gets fully fit and can contribute to this team, but with bicycle kick goals. Yeah. But he's, he's a guy who's played a lot and you know, so we'll see how much this is a younger guy. I think he's 23. Yeah. And yeah. Or, you know, roughly there. Okay. Well, you know, he has experience in this league and I think, you know, there clearly two MLS teams saw something in him. He's a guy who's played for the Ecuadorian national team one time, played at the youth level. So look, there's something there. Now, whether that's a guy who can just be a depth piece and play when you need him to, or a guy who, who can come in and, like Brett said, maybe take over that right center back spot, we'll see. But, look, they, they had an idea of a guy that they were looking for in Turkey. It didn't work out because of the earthquake and everything yeah. that's happened over there. Yeah. So you needed to pivot here, and they didn't want to go into the close period without the transfer window without another center back. So this is a way, like Brett said, it's a probably a short-term rental it wasn't very expensive in the grand scheme of things, and you know, Who knows? if it works out, you, you can see what see how it goes. When does the window open? It is open. Oh, it is currently. Open. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I've got confused as to what you were saying. But okay. the other is, you know, Kruv, we've seen this happen the other way before, right? When Kruv sent a promising young center back to Colorado that they didn't think was quite a fit um, and loaned for a year with an option to buy. And Lalisa Bubakar's become, you know, a one of the you we, know, better defenders in the Western we Conference. We never saw him again. Yeah, no, no, we did not. And, he, and he's really, I mean, he, he's been a defender of the year finalist for, for ah, Colorado a couple for times. Uh, you know, has been very strong for that team. So uh, we got we got some, and, and 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 all in all, you know, I think it's been mixed results with the former FC Cincy players that that uh, Tim Bezbachenko has tried to rehab. Um, you know, we had some good success with with a Derek Etienne. Sure, maybe not so much with some of the older guys, but he's a Taya Lache doesn't yeah, that, tickle your whistle. <laughs> no, but he was you know, he's like twenty six. He, he, he was kind of established at this time. Center backs usually take a little bit longer to develop. I'm willing to give Vallea some time. The Taya Lache, by the way, is is the the author of my favorite accidental Columbus Crew goal of all time. <laughs> if you remember against Chicago, I think two years ago. Jossie Zardes heads a corner that's like kind of like reaction saved um, that just like so Jossie heads the ball it hits I believe a goalkeeper who clears the ball out off of Fatai's face and into the yes, ball. Yes, yep. It's still I, it's, it's a great it's, header by Fatai. It's literally number one of all time. And, and, and Fatai, yeah, you know, love, love you, buddy. Um, but still, that's that's like number one in terms of accidental Columbus Crew goals, no question. Because all those ones where it just bounced off of Jossie's like collarbone, and I think <laughs> yeah. those were all intentional. Miguel Berry against FC <laughs> yeah, Cincinnati, yeah, 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 the, yeah which is another yeah. good one. <laughs> Miggy, who started, by the way, for Atlanta United against, yeah. against really? Toronto last week. Uh, Derek Etienne did not. Still did a little on, a little though. banged up. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think he's quite there 90 minutes match for I know what we didn't bring up. Pedro Santos. Oh, good oh, call. Good call. Yeah. Thoughts? I well, heard they did something sad. for him before the game, but I missed it. They did, yeah. Like, they just during warm-ups, I guess. Yeah, they played what what I think was most telling though is that after the game he was out there autographing for fans, oh. you know, uh, uh, came out to the like the Nordic and, and the stands out back there. Um, you know, again, a, a guy who, who's a Columbus legend. Um, uh, just absolute, you know, it, it was a joy to see him again. He's the best corner kick taker still on the crew roster because <laughs> they're really bad at, at those. Well, they only took one last Yeah, no, game, but I just so. mean inj- they were bad against the <laughs> Look, if Lucas is going to take them, they're going to hit the first defender a lot of times. I don't yeah. know why he can't well, do we've it. we've talked about this. I, I don't know. We, we need to do something else. I, it was cool to see Pedro. It was really weird seeing him in a DC. Oh, yeah. God, yes. It was. There, like, there was a time where that would just absolutely break you. And now it's, it's still not comfortable, but... For oh, some I, reason, it doesn't hurt yeah. the way it would have. You, you, you totally just pushed my button right yeah. there, Bart. Uh, I think if you're a crew fan of a certain age, yeah. and I'm talking about the, the, the Eastern Conference yeah. semifinals from way back in the day where DC just always seemed to make it happen, um, that, like, the Eagle and the, the all the – Stars above the crest that just triggers something in me, and that is like that's a perfect word for it. That like just does not jive with me, man. And so to see him out there uh, with that, you know, badge on his on his chest was was tough for me because that's a guy that I really was close with and and really um, 
I really just uh, respected the absolute crap out of the guy. We talked to her earlier on the pod about Lucas in, in terms of giving every ounce of effort. Did anybody try harder than Pedro Santos over the last couple of years? The answer to that question is unequivocally no. Oh, they um, played left back. Okay, I'll playing a position he did not yeah. want to play, by the way, and for the better part of that season last year was the best one in the league. He was tremendous um, last year. Yeah. Not, it, it, it ebbed and flowed. It peaked and valleyed unquestionably. But for stretches, he was the best left back in Major League Soccer. Yeah. And they needed help at winger, and he still they still couldn't move him, which is all the more impressive. Well, I'll tell you, Wayne Rooney, and you won't be able to tell whether he's impressed or not, but he will love having Pedro Santos on his roster and what should be a rough year for them based on what we saw anyway. All right, let's make our picks and get out of here. Uh, let's, Sam... We haven't heard from you all night. Make your pick for Toronto and the Columbus Crew. 2-1 Crew. 2-1 Crew. 2-1 Crew. Murph. 1-1 one, one tie. I don't. I never feel great about going to Toronto. I don't know. Yeah, 1-1 right. one, one tie. All right, Brett. So in terms of the road trip to Toronto... In my mind, of all the ones available to the Columbus crew, it's the best road trip you can possibly have. It's like a 42-minute flight. It's an, an, if you're flying. It's an exceptional city. They are, oh, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great city. It's an exceptional city. No you, stay, you stay at the St. Regis uh, Hotel, which is approximately like 10 minutes from BMO Field. That's the best hotel in Major League Soccer, at least in the Eastern Conference anyway. And the players have, a, have just there's something about it that they just jive that they just really really like. On top of that, there's a lot of recent success in Toronto. They win going away last year when they weren't playing particularly well, and then something happened. It was Sean Zawatsky, by the way. That's what happened. But they they go out and they get they get a really nice win. So I. I think there are goals to be given up by this crew team. I think we talked about earlier in the pod that DC, I think, is a better finishing t- team. Probably scores uh, at the past uh, the, the previous weekend. There's goals in this game. I can see it being upwards of like two one, three one, four one, four two, something along those lines. I'm going to say two two tie is just kind of a I, as an idea, but I, I I'm not entirely convinced. In terms of the solidity the, 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 uh, of the Columbus crew backline and their ability to keep teams out, especially on the road. 2-2 two, two tie for me. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going along your lines of thinking, but I'm going to say 3-2 crew with Jason Russell Rowe scoring the winning goal coming off the bench in the uh, 70th minute and scoring not too it's far after that. Very specific, and I love it. 3-2. to two. All right, Bart. You, you, you're reading my mind a little bit there, Brian. I'm going to go with, just to not have the same, I'll say 3-1 instead, good guys. And I'm going to throw Jason Russell Rowe, but we're also going to throw in another Sean Zawadzki Thunder Bastard. Can I, can I throw out another, another, another kind of thing to watch? I think it's Matan time. Yeah, I think he's going I think coming. he's getting one. That and, Kucho one's coming too. And I well and 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 one hundred percent and I think I think you'll if if I'm gonna get very specific what you're saying, a goal from Kucho, a goal from Matan, it, it would be the two for me for the Columbus crew. All right. I think it's more than time for Alex Matan to finally get on the score sheet. I agree. I agree. It's been a long time coming and he's certainly looked the part the first two games. All right, we got to get out of here. Our beer is almost gone, and we'll be back next week here at Saucy Brewerks. 
3rd and Michigan here in uh, Harrison West. Great food. You enjoyed your meal very much, as you always do, Sam. And, of course, the beer, it goes without saying. It goes out of my glass. The last little dregs of that. And, and I'll be back next week for more. And coffee, if you prefer that. They have a great coffee bar here as well. Like and subscribe to the Mass Report Podcast. Brett and Bart and Murph and Sam on Brian. Listen to my radio station, CD 92.9. I would appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next week here on the Mass Report Podcast.